What is up, everybody? Justin Brock here. Today, I have a special guest that I just met in Salt Lake City about a month ago at uh, Christian Brindle's Six Figure Medicare Summit. And uh, I had already knew who she was because I'd seen her on YouTube. And so the other day, I was like, let's get her on the show and share her story, share what she's got going on. Um, maybe even get some tips on, on a growing a YouTube channel because she's kicking my butt at it. So uh, welcome. Patricia, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Justin? Good. Thank you so much for coming on and taking the time. Uh, I, I did a little a little bit of background, what I could you know find out. And obviously, we've seen you uh, you know on YouTube, some of the stuff you've done on there. But check out your website. Found out that you have a pretty long background in the healthcare space as a registered nurse and uh, even headed up some of the, I think, skilled nursing facility, maybe at Missions or... Uh, that kind of stuff. So you probably were familiar with the Medicare space from the other side before this. Is that how you kind of got into this? Yes. So basically, there's like a little kept secret in the nursing facility. There's a position called MDS director or MDS assessment or MDS coordinator. And what we do, we do all the assessments for reimbursement for Medicare and Medicaid. So we okay. talked to like the therapy team, uh, speech therapy, everyone to figure out what are we doing for this resident and let's get reimbursed. So basically that's what we do. So it's like a little, a lot of people don't know about that department. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sure it, it yeah. gives you a lot of valuable insight in how the filing is done so that when you're helping clients and, uh, you know, on the, on this side of the equation, you know, things that we probably don't know or that it would take us. 10 years to learn just by trial and error and, and talking to people. So that's awesome. And so before that you were, yeah. uh, you were just doing kind of registered nurse uh, things, uh, not in that position as well. Yeah. So I started out as a certified nursing assistant, mm -hmm. um, you know, just doing like the care for the residents as far as like bathing, eating and all that. And then I went yeah. to school and I became a licensed practical nurse, which is, a nurse as well, but it's just less education. And I did like home health. I work with kids, pediatrics in their homes. And then I went back to school and got my registered nurse. And then most of my career as a registered nurse was in skilled nursing, um, doing MDSs. Perfect. Yeah. Well, we've, we've had some people before that worked with us that had backgrounds in healthcare. And I think it always helped with credibility with customers as well. Um, uh, and also my wife was a, a CNA. That was the first thing she did in college when, when we joined the, uh, when I joined the military and she moved with me, she got her CNA and, and did some of the, uh, the stuff in, in, um, uh, that was, that was the hard life right there. That's the, the oh, you, you, yeah. get, you get the rough jobs as a CNA. <laughs> so, yeah. but yeah, There's so, a backbone of nursing, honestly. Yeah. The, well, they, she says she's doing a lot of the, like early on, like the bathing and the, um, you know, the, the, you know, moving around, you know, patients and stuff. And I was like, that's always like the stuff that nobody wants to do. So they make the CNAs do it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but well, well awesome. Yeah. So how long have you been on this side and working in the financial services space, Patricia? After the pandemic. So okay. after the pandemic, yeah, I was like, Whoa, what is going on? Because Nursing is supposed to be like that job that secure, right? But when yeah. with the pandemic, so many people were scared. It's like, what do you do? Like, so that's when I was thinking, like, okay, what else can I do that's like 
really solid. Yeah. Awesome. And you were already familiar with that from your, your position. That's MDES, right? M yes. Yeah. MDS minimum MDS. data set. That's what it stands for. Okay. So as the, in that position, you were already familiar with it. And then, then that's when you started looking around to try to figure out, uh, and did you, did you start searching online and stuff? Cause I know you were already active online. Um, or did you like find someone? No, so, no, so how I got into it was, you know, everyone was trying to find a job working from home, right? So I felt like the life insurance industry kind of like preyed on those people <laughs> yeah. in a sense. So my cousin had called me. She's like, hey, I want to become a life insurance agent. Can you come on this Zoom call? And I was like, sure. I'm not going to say the name of the company, but it was like a switch and bake situation where, you know, yeah. you can make all this money, recruit, 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 like. So I got yeah. into it. I got sucked in, paid my $75 fee. And I was like, I don't like this. I don't like this recruiting stuff. So I started yeah. doing my own research. I'm like, you can sell Medicare? So that's yeah. what I was like, aha, I want to get into Medicare. Yeah, yeah Medicare so, is yeah. definitely the uh, the mature side of the the, the individual life and health yes. sales, I think. So <laughs> so it's glad, I'm glad you graduated to it quickly. You know, I had the foresight to see. <laughs> The life side, I mean, I like selling life insurance, but I like life insurance when I'm cross selling it with, you know, when I, when I have a, a Medicare client and then later on they need life insurance that the persistency is very high. The need is already there. I don't feel like I'm mm -hmm. pushing it on anyone that didn't ask for it. Uh, and I definitely don't like recruiting first. You know, I think people should be, you know, well-versed in what they're selling before they start to build a team if, if ever, and you really don't have to, you can make a great living without having to build a team. Exactly. Yeah. So you're. Uh, when I wanna... you're trying to recruit your family friends. Like, mm -mm. Yeah. No, no I don't. Say, like... Especially when you're trying to recruit your family and friends. <laughs> yeah, the family and friends it's recruiting not stuff is not, not for me for sure. So I wanted to get into um, yeah. your your YouTube channel too, just because you have a great channel. And, you know, it's funny because I had seen some of your insurance videos pop up, but then when we met you in Salt Lake City, you said you started it like documenting uh, other things, like you had some other stuff that you did. So what made you start that? And then, um, you know, how, how fast did it really take off for you? How consistent did you have to be to get that content out there and get people to start watching and paying attention? Yeah. So what people don't realize is my channel is not really, it didn't grow. Like it's not a fast growing channel at all. I've been on YouTube for a long time. So I started my journey with my hair. So I cut all my hair off and I was like, okay, how do I grow my hair naturally without the relaxers, without the perms and all of that? And that was very popular back then. It's still kind of popular, but it's not as popular. But it's when people yeah. was like on YouTube showing you how to do their hair, dropping their combs on the floor, not editing it. It was like, it was so fun back then. And women yeah. was just showing other women their experiences. And yeah. so I did that. So it took me about four years or so. And I grew my natural hair to my waist. Like I wow. showed people how to, how I showered, how I washed it. Like it was really cool. Like, and then people would see it and they'd be like, oh my gosh, she grew her hair another inch or six inches or whatever. So that was yeah. very cool. But I was like, okay, let's take this to the, the next level. You know, like hair is yeah. great. Beauty is great. But I really want to show my audience something different. So yeah. I started paying off my mortgage. So mm -hmm. I did a, Basically, yes. Yeah. So I basically showed them my progress every six months, like me paying it off, me working extra, you know, two jobs and me 
you know, putting more into the principal and I paid it off within three years after wow. I set that go out. Yeah, wow. that was really like, I, I imagine I documenting that. it the way you were doing probably held you accountable too, because you, yes. Yeah. So it's like, it like has the unintended consequence of, of having accountability partners in your viewers it makes you feel like I'm obligated to do the, this because I've said I was, we call somebody called it a deadline with a consequence. Uh, yes, so definitely. What, That's exactly what I did. Yeah. So you probably, without you might not have done it as, as quickly or, or, yes. you know, who knows? So. That's all. Awesome. And people was waiting for the updates. Like people was waiting for the next six month update. They yeah. literally be like, "When is the next update? How you're doing on your mortgage?" So it really pushed me to like want to pay it off quicker. Yeah. Well, you wanted you wanted something to show them. You know, you don't want to come back and be like, "Oh, I hadn't paid nothing on sale," <laughs> <laughs> which makes you exactly. pay with working hard too. I'm gonna get those extra hours in because I want to make sure I have the money to pay the extra principal. So that's awesome. Yeah. And so how long do you think you've been running that uh, channel? So you said four years documenting health and beauty or your hair and beauty. Mm -hmm. and, that, and then how long and you did like three years on the mortgage. Yep. And now you're probably now, a couple years in on like insurance. So yes. really, yeah, it's not overnight success. It's, it's what shoot you're coming up on close to 10 years, probably yes. uh, working on a, a channel. So but but it's a, a true organic following as well. It's not a you know a lot of people buy followers or buy subscribers and all that, and that can actually kill somebody's organic you know rankings. But and then they have then they're forced to continue to buy vanity metrics because they're not YouTube's not showing them to people. But your you I mean your audience is real. So when you started posting about insurance, you probably already had some people from your core audience that were like, oh well, hey now Patricia's doing this, so let's check it out. Yes, definitely. I just sold a family policy yesterday from a subscriber. Really? Her husband called. Yes, her husband called like, hey, I see that you're doing Medicare. What other products do you sell? And I said, I sell life and I also sell health. We are a fan. We want health insurance. And I yeah. sold the policy just like that. That's yeah. awesome. So really cool. <laughs> how often, and I know you're not on there do, like talking about it. you're kind of just you just document, but uh, do you get a trickle of that anyway, just from people that, that see it occasionally? Yes. I get people yeah. that's interested in wanting to learn how to, you know, how to get in the business and individuals that's like, you know what? I've been watching you for years. I trust you and I need the policy anyway. So yeah. why not you be the agent? That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's, that, that's so cool because, you know, a lot of times when we're building channels too, People think, oh, every channel has to be a, a hyper-specific topic, but you've kind of evolved it over time where it's like we started off with this topic, then we went to this topic, then we went to this, and it just shows that you as a personal brand can build loyalty or you know a following in a group of people for one reason that some of them then will follow you into other things that you do over time um, so that you don't necessarily have to have one you know, individual topic forever on there, you know, and I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't go crazy and talk about different things every day that are far off base. But, um, you know, we talk about, we do consumer content and, uh, agent content on the same channel. And I always wondered, like, should I break it out to where I have a consumer channel and an agent channel? And there's probably no right or wrong answer to this. Um, but so far I've just enjoyed growing the same channel because it takes so long to get momentum on one channel that i'm like i'll just put it both on there and i'm not i don't feel like i'm saying anything that most consumers 
you know, would have a problem with anyway. Like I'm not telling anybody to do the wrong thing. So I don't care if they see, you know, sales videos and I don't care if, uh, you know, agents see consumer driven videos. It's all the same to me. Yeah, exactly. And for me, I feel like a lot of people fell off with the, uh, like the natural hair and the beauty. They didn't know how to like move on to something different because the trends do change. So yeah. if you're not growing with your audience, then you may fall off, you know? So I didn't want to fall off. So yeah. I need, I knew I need to like the 20 year old Patricia is not going to be same, the same 30 year old people, you know, Patricia. I mean, yeah. some audience, they don't want to see you change. They want you to be the same person, but that's yeah. not real life, you know? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. You ever thought about getting a samurai sword and, uh, and doing like, uh, content like the, slashing prices uh, uh, like the girl from walking dead because you have the you have that same look what's her name you i'm sure you've got it for show i don't know who she is but a lot of people do say i look like the girl from the walking dead yeah she well she's got the same hair you know and uh and it's in and you look kind of like her but uh it would just be funny like if you had that and did a play on it on youtube or something and said you're slashing health insurance prices <laughs> i like that yeah she walks up. She's a badass. She's like, she's one of people's favorite characters. Cause she, she doesn't talk a whole lot, but she walked around that samurai sword and you know, she, she was like the, the ultimate zombie killer. So, uh, <laughs> every, 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 I've had several people that tell me, it's like, she looks like that girl from the walking dead. <laughs> yeah. well, well, awesome. So what, uh, like so far in the growth, I know you've been doing, uh, you get a little bit from YouTube, but your marketing journey from the ground up, you know, as somebody who's put out content and done that sort of thing, what other things have you had to do to get going? Because I'm sure some people think, oh, you got free leads coming from YouTube, but it's not, that's not enough probably to mm -hmm. get you really going. So what else have you done? What, uh, what little mistakes have you made in the beginning and, and what little wins have you had that you'd be willing to share? So I joined the chamber. So okay. what I'm doing, I'm trying to really network with the businesses around my office. Um, like yesterday I went to talk to a free medical center. So okay. what they're going to do is like when they're, um, they only do, um, under 65. So when someone is aging out of that clinic, they're going to, um, refer them to me. Like when they turn 65, they can't go to the center anymore. They'll refer them to me. So I'm trying to do things like that. I have an interview with, um, farmers okay. and I have an interview with another big, um, independent insurance agent agency that don't sell Medicare. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to build relationships with, um, other businesses near me. Yeah, absolutely. We, we, um, I did a lot of that early on, you know, we'd get into BNI. We do here, our chambers called, uh, CDF community development foundation. Um, but we'd go to those events, do ribbon cuttings with businesses, anything we could to meet people and get our name out there. But then you spend more time on the relationships like PNC agents, um, you know, financial advisors, pharmacists ended up being good referral partners. Uh, we used to get a lot of referrals from Fred's pharmacy and then it closed down or sold to Walgreens. Um, but now, I mean, it's still like your independent pharmacist and, uh, and even primary care clinics and doctors, they, they send us so many referrals. Sometimes we'd start getting referrals from people we'd never met just by, you know, because right. we were doing good. Like, I guess they just thought how oh, they, they don't compete with me and they seem to do, you know, this thing that I don't do good or do well. So they'd start sending us people. And so then when we'd start getting referrals from somebody, we'd try to go and 
you know, network with them and show them that, you know, we appreciated it. But uh, it's amazing. Everybody wants to know all the Facebook and all the, you know, fancy slick marketing and stuff. And there's, there's some good stuff out there for sure. Um, but it's so funny how they sleep on that foundation of referrals when you can take your time spend it and turn it into a gift that keeps on giving over a long period of time. We still get referrals from people that I met 10 years ago, uh, you know, and now I'm not even the one writing it, but they're referring to me and it's just going to my agents. So, and those are like, you know, lay down appointments because mm-hmm. you know, they've already gotten, when they get a referral, the trust is so, you know, it's, it's already there. They're, they're transferring that trust in you uh, to this person. So when you talk to them, uh, and then you can talk about the person. So you, the, instantly I always would be like, oh, yeah, Steve, Stephen Hood referred you. Well, uh, you know, known Stephen for a few years. He's a great guy. And then you can spend like your icebreaker is who referred you. You know, like we just talk about them like, oh, they're a great guy, you know. Uh, and then you just keep on rolling. So that's awesome. You know, um, yeah, exactly. And uh, in, in the chamber, in your chamber, in what area do you live in, Patricia? I live in Apopka, Florida, but the office is in Leesburg, Florida. Okay. And. And in the chamber, do they have like uh, like monthly luncheons or networking events or do mm-hmm. they have things like that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so tomorrow they have a breakfast. So I'll be there tomorrow morning. And I like it because the breakfast is before um, business hours. So it's at 7 a.m. So, yeah. Yeah. That's great. And it's literally yeah. three minutes away from my office. So it's like. Yeah. Yeah. We have an office in uh, South Haven near Memphis. And uh, our, our team up there goes to the Chamber of Commerce meetings. And then down here, we got people getting to involved in the Community Development Foundation re-involved. I was early on. Um, and then they do the ribbon cuttings. But they also have a group called Tupelo Young Professionals. So a lot of my younger agents will go to that. Uh, and then we had one that, because we made it an initiative in the first quarter of this year to start getting our core inside sales agents to join different groups. So we have one that's in Rotary, had one that's done Civitans. So we've, we've tried to get them plugged in because it's, very impactful and it's kind of like the only marketing that's rewarding anyway because it's fun to get out and meet people now that we can i mean we all know what a couple of years was like ago was like when uh, you felt like you couldn't get out and meet anybody so take advantage of it now you know just in case monkey pox uh flares up and we can't go anywhere for a while <laughs> so Exactly. I, I, you know, I don't want another pandemic, but I kind of wish the first one would have sounded as cool as monkeypox. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, well, well, what, what else is on the horizon for you? What are you, what's your plans going forward? You just want to keep scaling or you enjoy this market. You, are you uh, not going to go back to nursing at all now that uh, I'm sure you could, but what's, what's that plan look like for you? Yeah, definitely. I want to, my goal is to transition. I'm already transitioned out, but to stay out. <laughs> yeah. I would love to get like a marketer, you know, someone that can help me really go out there and get the word out because it's like when you have an office and right now I'm the only person here. So I have to be here. So what I do, I market on Fridays. So I close the office at three, get in my car and just start going from business to business. I get a lot of no's, but there's always a yes right around the corner. So every no is one step closer to a yes, you know, and, uh, my just some advice for me, you know, I always like to hire out what your first inefficiency is. And so you don't, don't always listen to what people will tell you, Hey, you need an admin, you need a blah, blah, blah. Uh, I don't like to put people in a box. Like it might be an administrative type of position, but it might be somebody that you would consider being that person to help you market, you know? Um, 
and, and, you know, from my perspective, hiring a marketing agency uh, has been a huge loss on, you know, a return on investment for us. So my advice would be hire somebody that can learn some of the marketing stuff with you and then can be that advocate for you and your business as well as that administrative position. And then eventually maybe that person moves full-time into marketing, you're the core agent, and then you hire another admin. Like that would be the, not that you have to hire anybody right now, but it might be that progression where some people will tell you, oh, you got to hire an agent first. Oh, you got to hire an administrative person. Everybody's different. You know, if you think you can, you know, kick butt and, and, and write business and you're producing good content, but you need that kind of administrative hybrid that can also be really social and talk to people and you could start getting them to go out one day a week while you're in there. You know what I mean? Like kind of yes. tag team effort. I think that would be good. Plus it takes away a little bit of the loneliness of being a solopreneur. Uh, yeah. for a while if you have somebody that to kind of celebrate in the wins with you. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Well, awesome. Hey, I really appreciate you being on today. Um, your channel, if people wanted to go check it out and they should, and uh, I'm I don't want to butcher it. It's Kinky Styles, but what what tell me yeah, how you got it? Kinky Styles 1980. All right, Kinky Styles 1980. And uh yes. definitely check it out. I'm a subscriber on there. Um, you know, she's Thank always you. putting out quality content <laughs> and uh, you know, and just just jerking documenting the journey uh from the ground up. It's somebody that I have no doubt will be successful because you know, anybody that has the persistency or consistency to put out content and grow a channel like that, that same consistency replicated in what we're doing, you know, in insurance will lead to the same effect, but it's not an overnight success mm -hmm. story, just like the YouTube channel. Wasn't you just yep. on going. And one day you look back and you're like, you know, unfortunately for some people, the pandemic was bad, but for you, it might've been that push to mm -hmm. you know, the best decision that you ever made. So exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, yeah. Corona. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Corona. There's, there's, there's some, there's some good that you know. Hey, there's always a positive spin on everything. So yes, uh, we're exactly. we're a fan, and we'll keep uh, celebrating the wins for you. And I'm sure we'll have you back on in the future, so we can see, we can catch up with you and see how it's going. I love seeing people from the ground up, and you know, getting those wins and seeing where they end up. So thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you for having me. All right. All right. Thank you, Justin.